it is quite interesting to see this juxtaposition that we are experiencing here in this kind of a practice. We see that on the one hand there is a very traditional element to it and there is a lot of gratitude given to those who carried this kind of tradition forward. So there's this historical element to it that looks into the past. Yet on the other hand, the practice itself, whenever we hear about it, is a practice that is meant to help us connect with what is now, what is happening right now, this so this dichotomy of that tradition and that which cannot be described, which cannot be captured, is a wonderful expression of the conundrum that we experience as human beings. Human beings who have recollection of the past. Human beings who have hopes, fears of the future. But with all that, knowing that this mind that is hearing this, the mind that is speaking this in the very moment is neither of the past nor of the future. And not to make it into something that is philosophical, but in a very practical way, the question that comes out of it is how can we as human beings who have a specific setup of a personality, a specific setup of having been born in a specific place to a specific set of parents, having grown up in very unique circumstances, having been educated, having learned through these unique strings of events, how can we, with all that, learn not to be restricted, not to be tethered, not to be confined by that what has shaped and formed who we believe we are? It's quite interesting. Because in the end it might sound psychological now, not philosophical. But psychology is not helpful in the context of a spiritual practice that calls itself belonging to the context of Buddhism. And when I say Buddhism here, I am not speaking about the teachings that were written down that reportedly are attributed to Siddhartha Gautama after he awakened. Not the teachings, not the sutras, the shastras, all the writings that came after. No, but what I mean is the actual practice of the person Siddhartha, who had his questions, who had his history of being shaped through interaction with his family, with the world, with questions about old age, sickness and death. All of that led him to sit down under that tree 
and to make the great vow. I will not get up before I get to the bottom of what this is. So similarly, we at some point arrive at a stage where we have questions that we want to answer. We have maybe questions that are not formulated in words, some kind of nagging feeling, and we feel drawn to practices of introspection, practices of contemplation that help us clarify who we are, how this mind of ours works, and how this self that we call the I am self, the self that proclaims I am, how it comes into existence, how it has been shaped, and how it tries to completely take over everything in our conscious life. So learning about that is the practice of the Buddha, is the practice that made the human being Siddhartha awaken and be called the awakened one, the Buddha. We are sitting here following our breath. We are sitting here meeting the activity of mind, facing it. And that is often like sitting in front of a mirror. At first, it might not even seem like a mirror that allows us to clearly see the reflection clearly see and reflect back on what is going on in that very moment. At first it just might seem like a wall without any kind of reflective qualities. But as we discover over the many times we engage in this introspective practice, it becomes clearer. Over time, the fog lifts and the clear light shines so we can see exactly without any doubt and without any distortion what really is at that moment. Now, of course, as soon as we have that kind of taste, our human nature of trying to hold on and to grab, comes forth and springs into action. And through that, over time, we learn that there is no grasping of what unfolds through this activity that we call the activity of Dharma or the activity of nature. It's quite an interesting investigation. Being someone who has been trained in this kind of tradition, who's following a school that bears the name of a person that lived over 1,200 years ago, the Rinzai school, is somewhat, as I said in the beginning of this talk, an expression of the human conundrum but also a chance to be able to manifest 
and make real what has happened in the past and to bring it to that very moment of here and now where it unfolds into something that has never been before and that never will be after. Bringing a tradition like this into the Western world means finding new ways of expression, but also hopefully being able to help those who are seekers to connect with that past and to see that all the human beings who have walked this path or who have walked other ways of engaging in a similar practice, they all lived in the same moment. They all lived with a mind that followed the same principles of how the human mind works. And in that realization, when we are with what is, future, past and present come together and disappear. There are many books speaking about the power of now. And what is most important to learn about this power of now, of being here and now, is that it truly matters how we get here and how we got here. And that we can realize that power of now in the very configuration of who we are, where we came from, and how we have gotten here. Clarification becoming clear about ourselves inevitably leads to that realization that the ego is necessary where it belongs, but there are so many parts in our lives where the ego stands in the way and where we can safely dispose of it. And we learn it will come back inevitably. Tradition being in the moment, are not mutually exclusive. Sitting in front of the mirror and clearly seeing the reflection, but also then clearly seeing through it, is a wonderful thing that requires effort, assiduity, and an open mind and heart. Zen Buddhism, in this case Rinzai Zen, is trying to be the living tradition of a group of human beings who engage in the same practice, in the same introspection, the same contemplation, and the same application of the insights and the awakening that Siddhartha had over 2,500 years ago. And that is where we meet and see eye to eye 
with the Buddha and every awakened person before and after.